0: Here we go again. Chewie, sure. we're home. I bypassed the compressor. You and the chosen one. Something
1: truly special. Congratulations, you are being rescued.
0: Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. the ability to speak might not make you intelligent but we're gonna try to prove otherwise this is the clashing sabers podcast i am one of your hosts brandon boylan and with me is
1: drew brett how you guys doing hope you're doing well
0: so we are excited i I guess we should say i'm excited I don't
1: know. Yeah, we're both excited. excited. Okay, we're both excited.
0: We haven't talked about the uh, our opinions, so this will be interesting. But we are covering the Clone Wars 2003 micro series in on this episode uh, of the show. But before we jump into that, uh, Drew, what have you been Star Warsing lately?
1: That's a good question. Um, I actually made it back to my local library, which I'm a big fan of, and they had the episode eight um, art book. The I don't even remember what it's called, like The, the Art of Episode art 8 or whatever. Oh, I want that Have you read back. these, or have you seen these before? I,
0: I, I have read The Force Awakens one front to back. I have not got my hands on The, the Last Jedi one.
1: I don't think I realized how in-depth they were, and how detailed they were going to get with things, and how just basically long they were. I kind of thought it was just going to be like pictures. And here's a story behind this picture, and here's what it's supposed to mean. But no, it's a lot more detail about the how the film was actually made. So that was pretty interesting. But what stood out to me was... The decision for Octo to have two sons, you know, at the very end, you kind of see Luke gazing off into the two sons, and it was, I thought yes,
0: the perfection that it is.
1: I thought it was more, you know, when you watch it in the movies, or in the theater or whatever, you, you don't really think it's a real thing. It's it seems almost more like imagery, kind of. Um, a spiritual experience, you know, the two suns representing the beginning of a new journey, both in the New Hope and also here, and it's supposed to mirror that. But it turns out in the book, very early on in the planet design, somebody was like, "Oh, hey, let's make it have two suns." I was like, "That's it. That's the consideration. That's the rationale." Is that somebody thought it would look good? I was kind of a little disappointed because of it took away a little bit of the magic of that moment in the scene. To know it was just kind of a throwaway idea that somebody came up with on the fly and I was, I was a bit shocked by that and I was a bit also surprised and if you haven't read this one yet you, you should try and get your hands on it because they're way more interested in Canto Bite than anybody else on the planet they are so invested in making sure it worked and it looked great and it fit the narrative and everything there's more discussion about Canto Bite than there is any other sequence of the film in that book it's absurd and especially since that's kind of the part that's generated the most kind of conversation about what works and what doesn't, and probably a tie between that and Luke's overall character, I'm really surprised the l- the little amount of detail everything else got by comparison in this book. But you haven't read it yet, right? Is that right? Is that what you said? I have
0: not. No, I have not. I, I have to get my hands on it. I'm, if I get it, I, I want to get it. Check your
1: local library. I
0: probably could, but I'm not going to lie – after harvey like the five closest libraries to me are closed down
1: oh no and
0: stuff yeah so I, I was like bored one day and so i texted brooke and just said yeah i'm gonna go to the library take him buzz with me and so we went and i went to like three different branches before i finally just went on google and called somebody to see if there was one around make sure they were open and it was you like, took
1: your dog to the library i mean can you do a, that
0: he's a support animal so i can take him with me oh
1: uh, yeah. okay all right makes better sense but
0: the the library I went to was so weird. They have, like, a kid section. Then they have, like, the young yes. adult graphic novel section. Yes. Right? And then they have a nonfiction resource section. Okay. Full stop.
1: Wait, that's it?
0: That's it! There is not, like, I was like, oh, let me so- see. <laughs> let me see if they have, you know, some Star Wars books that I could, like, check out, you know? Something I could read real quick. Because I, I think I was, like, in between books for the podcast or whatever. And, yeah, no, I walked around there three times. There was nothing.
1: You can get your copy of the U.S. tax code, but, <laughs> yeah. God forbid, you want the copy of the latest, I don't know what, James, James Patterson. Patterson. Oh, oh, my God, did we Are you just- serious?
0: <laughs> we both just went James Patterson.
1: You're a terrible human being. Do you uh, know that?
0: Oh, yes, I know. Uh, you're not the first person to tell me that. Do you know that? <laughs> It was very weird, though. So, no, I'm, I am I do uh, the audiobooks through uh, my local library, which actually That's good. just saved my butt because we're doing a, a dual episode for Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2 novels. Oh. Um, Don't burn the sacred text. More on that soon. But long story short, I thought I was going to stab my eyes out reading Battlefront 1. It's the worst piece of literature I think I've ever read in my life. Oh my god! It's so bad. And
1: I'm trying to remember that one. Have I, have I read that one? What's the What's the cover look like? That's uh, how long. It's
0: Twilight Company. It's the the ones that are oh. like fighting on the cover.
1: Um, it's
0: like it's very. That? It's a video game cover. Like that's really all it is. It's not very creative. This.
1: It's not the one where Vader and the Emperor are, no, that's, are that's on the planet of the Sith. Okay, because that one was really not good either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you're wrong on that, but we're going to we're going to let uh, that go and move on. Uh, but cue yeah. on
1: heavy sigh. That's the first one of the night.
0: <sighs> oh, oh number 2. No, I thought I thought that was my cue. Oh, oh. was that your I, heavy you, sigh?
1: I keep a tally of how many times I heavy sigh in response to something ridiculous you say.
0: Like attack of the clones is amazing jeez. Oh, they're going to start thinking it's like a sound effect that I drop in there, but that's real, folks. That is real <laughs> audio. No.
1: no I've on the air.
0: <laughs> but yeah, anyways, long story short, I listened to the audio book to be able to make it through it because I got, I would like lay in bed and read and get through two pages and fall asleep, so.
1: But, but people are pretty positive on the second one, right? Isn't that Inferno Squad or whatever?
0: Okay. Put it this way, Inferno Squad, I've been reading for two days and I think I'm 160 pages in. Okay and i'm not a quick reader i love inferno oh,
1: oh i'm obsessed okay.
0: with Inferno's Bud. yeah like you should have seen me at barnes and noble when when we went to go get it i had like a little kitty smile on my face when i went to go get the paperback copy. <laughs> i was like is like you're ridiculous she just like total eye roll <laughs> but i was so excited i love this book yeah so okay that episode right. should be coming out uh i mean i say should be coming out we haven't recorded it yet but more to come on that later um, but actually even in more exciting news, I was on, uh, the followers of the force podcast, uh, with David last night. Yeah. Totally cool guy, except for he's a Miami fan. So, but uh, you know, give everybody one. And, uh, <laughs> I was giving him. it's funny cause I grew up in Tallahassee, so it's Florida state and he grew up in Miami and it's Miami. And those are two big rival schools. And ah, so okay. when we started chatting and I saw his Miami hat, I'm like, Wait, wait a minute! No, this is not going to work out. We're going to have to cancel this. Redo. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm busy right now. Yeah, I just, you know what? I think my I'm sorry, phone I have just a fell thing. off. I've got to go to the hospital. I don't know, but oh, no, just uh, we uh, we talked to Sokitano for a really long time, um, and it was a lot of fun. So that episode, uh, I think, dropped today. If not today, it's going to drop tomorrow. Um, as the time of this recording, so by the time this comes out, it will be on the interweb. So go jump over there, give him a follow, and check that out. But that was. I mean, it was an hour and a half of talking about Ahsoka Tano.
1: So. Lord.
0: I mean, and we had to cut ourselves off.
1: Who does that? Who talks about something that nerdy for an hour and a half? I don't know. What kind of people are you hanging out with? What a
0: bunch of weirdos. What a bunch of freaks. Ugh. Who would talk about a show from 2003 that very I'm so
1: glad we're watched. not like them. God,
0: those people are the worst. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so... So, yeah, that's been going on. Uh, other than that, I mean, not re- I haven't really been doing too much Star Wars stuff lately. I'm kind of...
1: I have a question for you, though. Okay. There was an announcement made, or maybe it's not an announcement, but I don't know if it's a rumor that was confirmed or something in uh, the past week or two about certain elements of casting for Episode nine. Have you? Are you familiar with what I'm talking about without actually talking about yes. it? Yes. Yes, I know. How I'm do you that. feel about that kind of news coming out this early?
0: All right, in so relation to where the film is, I guess we should go full spoiler alert uh, because
1: this is I, kind of my question does the does it, the casting role ca- constitute a potential or think, actual spoiler?
0: I think this one does, so we'll say spoiler alert. Jump ahead like I don't know three minutes. Uh, Lando is going to be in episode. Oh, uh,
1: no, that's not what it says. It says that Billy D Williams. Oh my has, god! Yes. Really,
0: really, I, just really yes <laughs> really
1: it's like you Lando don't know Calrissian baby. is forgot
0: I'm I, I will put I will put everything I have that he's gonna be Lando Calrissian in episode nine <laughs> you know do you think funny? he'll
1: be alive or will he be just like in a flashback
0: I think he's gonna be alive um
1: you think he's gonna show up and be like where's Han
0: <laughs> God I hope not I honestly just like think that too I honestly think he's gonna like come back to try to help leia in some way shape or form uh and then he's gonna find out that leia's dead and he's gonna kind of be the guide for poe but somebody pointed out a really interesting uh little tidbit that i think was in i think it was in aftermath empire's end but it was something right when ben was born Uh, Lando had to, like, go get him a gift. Lobot was like, you got to get him a gift. You know, you you can't just not get him a gift. So he bought him a blaster and put it in a locker with a little note that said, like, when you're old enough, this will be, like, good to have by your side, and if you ever need help out of a tough situation, call Uncle Lando.
1: I vaguely remember that.
0: So, you know, that would be kind of cool if there was an allusion to that, but I don't know. I think it's, like, one of those things where... This sequel trilogy has always been planned to be like a farewell to the the legacy characters.
2: Yes, accurate. And
0: and I'm reserving judgment because I'm going in completely unspoiled. Like I'm not watching a teaser trailer. What? I'm not watching a single thing. Oh, come on, fresh. No, Solo ruined it for me. Solo.
1: Oh, come on. Solo is the problematic here. The. one line I wanted in that movie, but it's fine. We're fine. Thought oh, we are in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine.
0: Was not in the movie.
1: Oh, it wasn't even in it?
0: It wasn't even in it. And I watched the trailer and got all excited about that. And I got all excited sure. about the Rogue One trailer, and half that stuff wasn't in there. Uh, fair so, point. That's,
1: that's fair point. <laughs>
0: so I'm just like, what's the point if all of it's not going to be in there anyways, and I'm going to get excited about stuff that I'm probably not going to see and so I'm not going to go in knowing anything. So I'm going to reserve judgment. It could be uh, really super cheesy. And it could be worse than Canto Bite. Ooh, ouch. Or it could be... Okay. I don't think it's going to be amazing. I mean, but then again, Lando's not my guy. I I really could... I mean, I don't think Lando gets the credit he deserves for, you know, blowing up the second Death Star. But I also don't think much of his character I mean Hmm. that's not the right way to say it I don't dwell on his character a lot he's just not that he's
1: not as interesting to to you yeah no fair point okay
0: what about you what do you think about it
1: I I don't think spoilers are a good idea to begin with I think that um, anything any media that is or information released by the company is probably safe to dive into I'm okay with the teasers I'm okay with the trailers I try to stay off of things like IMDB to avoid cast listing for just this very purpose because I think the appearance of characters can play a role in the story and to know that somebody is coming takes that one element away and uh, that diminishes a portion of the film so I, I imagine it's
0: kind of like uh, like well, the double-bladed the lightsaber in Episode One. Like they should not uh, yeah. have shown that in the trailer. Yeah, right.
1: Exactly. If they had waited until that particular moment on feed and he ignites the first end, and everyone's like, "Why is he holding it like that?" And then the second one comes out, the theater would have erupted. But because we all knew it was coming, we were like, "Oh, I bet this is the time he uses it," since he did not when they fought on Tatooine. But kind of like, imagine if you went into Solo knowing that they had casts. Uh, Sam Witwer and Ray Park as Maul in the cast listing like you'd be like what in the world is they doing and so you'd be spending the entire movie trying to figure out where is he coming from what's he going to do but the rest of us who never didn't didn't look at that information ahead of time actually got the surprise and and were kind of knocked out of our socks when it occurred and that was kind of a good experience it's a fun experience in the moment so teasers fine Uh, trailers are fine public announcements by the company are probably going to be okay like i'm sure they'll have a press release when they actually give us the name uh of the film episode nine subtitle 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 whatever it's going to be i'm sure will be uh perfectly reasonable do you want me do you want us to tell you the name of the film when we know it
0: oh i'm gonna i'll know the name of the film I'm okay with that. okay i just don't want anything to do with story i just spend too much time thinking about this stuff and like i will go i'm gonna go crazy it's just easier for me to be like, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. I know it's crazy. You really. think
1: It's going to be easier to wait than it is it, to actually watch it and then enjoy the like. I wonder what this is going to be like.
0: It, but it it the the return on investment is worth it for me because okay. the experience that I had watching Last Jedi, like when Leia got knocked out of the ship, the experience I had with that and and thinking that was the moment that Leia was going to die, I hadn't seen anything on crate like. I saw, like, some images of the speeders going across crate, but I didn't see anything with Leia on Crate. Oh, so, uh, okay. You know, I had moments like that. And
1: I, so you lived, like, for half the movie going, this could be it.
0: Yeah, and so it, and it just, in a weird way, it made it a more enjoyable experience. Fair enough. Same thing, same thing with, like, the end of Rogue One, when Jin was walking out onto that platform to reset the Tenna alignment. Reset the Tenna alignment. Uh, but yeah, when the tie was supposed to pop up, I'm like, oh, this is it. Nope. No,
1: it's not. Nothing.
0: Okay. And the thing that bothers me the most about that, I'm going on a rant here. So buckle up people. (laughs) That shot was never in the movie. It was never in any cut of the movie. That shot was used as a test to make sure that everything else was to scale.
1: Really? There's no shot of her from, from behind walking down, you know, know, striding down the gantry.
0: they made the shot obviously the one that's in the trailer right but it was not intended for the purpose of being in the movie ever
1: well neither was, was the one was... where she walks down the hall in the imperial outfit and turns and looks back at the camera and the whole the hallway starts to light up that was never intended that was just gareth edwards saying let's just try and and make a couple cool shots and they literally yeah. for the trailer and he was like wait a minute do but that I, again
0: if i remember correctly and i could be wrong on this point but uh that was n- so the, the one with the tie fighter gareth edwards was like don't put that in the trailer like he did not want it in the trailer really he didn't want people thinking yeah and but God. it is what it is but i just enjoy the experience uh of watching a film more when i know as little as possible going in and i've kind of <laughs> gotten that way with everything like resistance i'm curious about so i'm gonna like see what they say about that oh, kind of stuff
1: oh the new TV show
0: yeah because I just okay. find knowing kind of the time period of the shows kind of helps going in but as far as like books and things I'm not even reading the back covers it's a Star Wars on the front I'm gonna read it <laughs> I mean call me a show call me whatever you want to call me but it just like the Leia novel I had so much fun reading the Leia novel because I had no idea it was about her journey towards the rebellion towards joining the rebellion in that book and it just made such an oh. incredible experience Hmm.
1: so all right well suit yourself i'll be over here knowing things that are going to happen and uh you're you're just not that's going to make some really awkward conversations come like a a year from now when i know what's happening in the trailer and i'm just going like dancing back and forth all jittery and and going you you look at the thing look at the thing and you're like nope not gonna look at the thing but i'm gonna break you down man i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna send you uh Screenshots, which may or may not be from the film, and I'll mix and match with other movies and things and be like, Look, this guy's in me. Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's not going to be in this movie. I'm like, no, no, look at this one. And it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I can't <laughs> wait.
0: Send me a, If you send me a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger holding a lightsaber, it will become my eternal wallpaper. I'm just
1: you know that. <laughs> Internet, don't fail me now. I'm sure it exists. <laughs>
0: Somebody, please get on this. Oh, get I on need that. that picture. So, anyway. I'm cut.
1: sure it's out there. <laughs> it's
0: definitely out there. So, but we still have what? God, a year and a half till that? It sounds like so long. What a are year we? And a half.
1: Is it supposed to be uh, Christmas
0: 19? Yeah, cri- Christmas of 19. Yeah. A
1: year and a half. We got a year long, a long time. Long time.
0: So, that's a Step movie up. I haven't seen in a long time.
1: Yep. Yep. Long time.
0: So, speaking of things people probably haven't seen in a long time, our topic for today, the Clone Wars micro-series from 2003, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to jump into it. Long time. Step forward, Padawan. Anakin Skywalker, by the right of the council. By the will of the Force, tell the I do, Jedi, Knight of the Republic. Alright we're back and we are talking about the Clone Wars Micro Series from 2003. I don't really know what background to give on this. If you don't know about this show, search on YouTube, Clone Wars 2003. You'll
2: find <laughs> it.
0: There's, is, your, there's your background.
1: Yeah, that's as much as you're going to give them. Good job. Appreciate yeah. that. So yeah. it came out, 2003 puts it between the release of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And the idea was to give people a little bit more understanding of what's going on with our characters. Because obviously there's going to be a jump in time. There's going to have been... Hopefully, some kind of things develop in between, and and this would bridge that gap. And it this was, uh, is this the first animated series uh, from the prequels on? I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. I'm not gonna say it's the first animated Star no, first, Wars thing because I think that's the droids cartoon. Was
0: droids, and then there was the is wasn't there an Ewok animated show? We we are the... I think there was like a one season Ewok show.
1: There were the two Ewok movies, Caravan of Courage and other thing I can't remember, The Witch of Endor. That's what it is. It's Um, kind of
0: embarrassing that you know that.
1: It's kind of embarrassing you don't.
0: (laughs) Should I turn in my fan card?
1: You have a card? (laughs) Um, Cartoon. Was there an Ewok cartoon? I'm going to say yes. There was, and I'm going to leave it at that.
0: There was, and it has a <laughs> Thank you
1: for your tentative confirmation. I feel so much I,
0: I had to type it into uh, to, to the interwebs. First episode, September 7th, 1985. Final episode, December 13th, 1986. So I was right. Whoa. It went like one or two seasons.
1: Uh, do you have the droids cartoon dates in front of you by any chance?
0: I don't, but I can in just a moment.
1: So we're... The, it, it, of the internet. anyway you slice it, um, and while while he's doing that all vamp, um, you're looking at about almost 20 years worth of time elapsing between animated series. So this was kind of like, I don't know about a return to form, but this is kind of bringing it back to the masses. What made this one different is that it was put out by Gendy Tartakovsky who gave us the Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Laboratory and several of those kinds of, that style of animation, which was pretty strikingly different from anything else you'd find on you know, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon at the time. So it was announced and people were kind of taken aback by it but then when they announced it was also in this micro-series format each entry, it was on kind of once a week, it was about three to five minutes long Three minutes at the beginning, and as they got all, further and further through the story, I think it was the second and third years that they did it. They moved it up to five minutes long. So this was a really, really different method of telling a story because you had to give us a complete episode in that in about as much time as you have normally for a commercial break, which was odd. But as we'll get into, I think that that created some opportunity. For the showrunners to give us something different and to really use that kind of a restriction to their advantage.
0: So droids, just that was a terrible segue. Droids <laughs> was on in 1985, so <laughs> there you so go. So
1: 18 years had elapsed, yeah. and the world had forgotten Star Wars 18 animation. 18 yeah. years,
0: that's crazy. It um, finally, vote. you know, that's one thing you mentioned: Tartakovsky and Dexter's Laboratory and Powerpuff Girls. And how that was so different, but to me, this really felt like it was a product right out of its time, right out of the late '90s and early 2000s. Because even shows like like Ed, Ed and Eddie, Courage the Cowardly oh my Dog, gosh. like Eddie. that, that anim- <laughs> but the animation style is very similar in between all of those. That that really stuck out to me. Like there, the one ep- the one uh, scene when you have the monsters and they're kind of walking down the street. Uh, and Anakin looks back over his shoulder like somebody's coming after him, and then Padme is the one who's coming after him. Okay, when he's all on Coruscant. Those, all those monsters are very, like, Texture's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girl-looking. Uh, I didn't know Tartakovsky did those other shows. Yeah. But yeah, the animation really style is a, directly a, from those, yeah. Yeah, and it is definitely, like, it felt like a product of its time. You can tell, like, With the Xerox backgrounds and everything that's going on, uh, it's just very – it felt like a very late 90s, early 2000s show.
1: But that's what made it interesting to me is because if you think about it, the art direction for the Star Wars movies had had been the same. For a long time you know Phantom Menace is exactly the way George Lucas wanted it Attack of the Clones is exactly the way George Lucas wanted it and this is really the first time you have somebody else coming in and saying okay we're gonna let you take your style and your vision and run with it in this universe so it kind of set a precursor for what Dave Filoni would do with the Clone Wars series several years later which makes googling these two things very challenging since one is called Star Wars Clone Wars and one is called Star Wars The Clone Wars come on let's can we get a little bit some you kind of creativity to, here we can to, do it guys
0: 2003
1: I know it's so frustrating I gotta hit the keyboard <laughs> like three or four more times it's so annoying
0: first world problems
1: <sighs> you know oh, like
0: as far as the animation style goes like it was a mixed kind of a mixed bag for me there were like some characters like Obi-Wan and Anakin that I thought were really well done and then there were some weird ones like Palpatine and Mace Windu And it's just like, what happened there? What? Palpatine looks ridiculous. (laughs) Like, his... I have bad
1: news for you then.
0: (laughs) He looks ridiculous
1: in the movies too.
0: Yes, but like, look at the lines on his clothes. They're like not fully shaded in. And then why does Mace Windu have like a Johnny Bravo chin? I can't figure that out. It was just weird. (laughs) It was weird.
1: I don't, I kind of I have the almost exact opposite of that. Like Anakin and Obi Wan didn't look like their characters. Well, Obi Wan looks really good. You Obi-Wan can tell it's right. Obi Wan, and and it acts like Obi Wan. It sounds like Obi Wan. It's fine. But I feel like that's because James Arnold Taylor. Prov- oh, hang on, momentary brain lapse. Is that his voice actor? Is that the right voice actor? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Provided the same voice in Clone Wars, and I think we've gotten so used to it that just hearing his voice was a reminder Mace Windu I thought was great because it kind of took the what we had in the movies and just translated it into cartoons I'll give you a guess though who do you think is the best what is the best translation into the, the show here whose animation design is the absolute most fantastic Asajj wrong it's Asajj no wrong move he, on try a guess he, again who's the best
0: <laughs> Count Dooku
1: nope Gosh, you're so terrible! You have one more to go, Yoda. Ah,
0: oh. I'm I'm at a loss. Here, you have failed
1: me for the last time. General Grievous is the oh, Grievous most is amazing thing in this entire series, and if See, I r- this would
0: have been the first time people saw
1: general this is this was it this was the the introduction of grievous to the star wars universe because i think at the time that his episodes were released which was probably in 2005 so this is before the film actually came out Revenge, revenge of the sith was released the name of the character and i think the design of the character was public but the voice was not nor the mannerisms and you can tell because the voice of the cartoon grievous is completely different from the voice of the movie grievous and i love the I, the cartoon one better see, so I, good.
0: I i really like general grievous i know like he's not a very well-developed character or all that deep but yeah. i just think he looks cool and is fun um
1: the images I, I, of, of him hunched over where like his shoulders are so much higher yeah. than his second head if i'm ever going to get a star wars tattoo it's that it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing awesome. character design. It's so and they use it so effectively. He's a menace, he's horrifying, he's he he terrifies the Jedi and then gives you reason to understand that terror. Like in the films you never get to see that full-fledged fury and the reasons people are afraid of him, but here, oh man, it's on full display.
0: Yeah, I was big fan. Was a, I was a big fan of Grievous as well. So like when this show came out, it was weird for me. I was, like, 13 when the show came out, and I was very anti-Star Wars animation. I have really? no idea why. I was like, Star Wars should be live action, and, of course, like, not knowing that there were shows like Ewoks and Droids that had already come out, <laughs> but I was very, like, no, not watching this. So, like, I finally sit down many years later once the, the Clone Wars the 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 one that we're not talking about is on Netflix and watch it and everybody knows like I love Star Wars animation now yeah. and I kept saying like yeah I'm going to go back and watch this Tartakovsky series I'm going to go back and watch it and go back and watch it and I just like never got around to it and I knew I wanted to sit and watch it uh, like all the way through which is kind of why I was like we need to do this episode I really want to do this episode <laughs> because I knew it would make me sit down and watch it because like if I was going to sit down and watch something I was like well I could watch that, or I could watch The Last Jedi. I mean, I'm already committing two hours. Might as well commit oh, three. And so, like, I don't have a big background or attachment to this story. So it was kind of interesting. And I think that was kind of a good thing. Um, I think it allowed me to have kind of a more informed background to the storytelling style. Yeah. And, like, it's a very – as much as it's a Tartakovsky-style series, there's a lot of George Lucas in it with the, the silence and uh, – the use of just sound and music to tell the story because yes. uh, most of the story is not, um, it, it doesn't have dialogue. And you talking about General Grievous brought that to the forefront of my mind because that intro of Grievous is just fantastic. And then when you have the Jedi hiding out and you have like six Jedi there, you've got Ki-Adi-Mundu, you've got Shakti, Ti, uh, there's some other no-name Jedi, there's Shaggy they Scooby-Doo. all have names
1: <laughs> it's just they don't last very long
0: yeah the, the one that sticks out to me is shaggy from scooby-doo i don't know yep. how he ended up in there but that was a good one but just how they use the the clank of the metal and you really feel all these jedi getting more and more nervous it was it was fascinating to me just mm. the way that they used it and it was it was honestly very shocking um I was like kind of on my phone a little bit at the beginning and just listening to the dialogue and looking back and forth doing some work on my phone. And I realized like I have missed 10 minutes of the show. I have to put my phone down because I have to actually watch this. So (laughs) like I thought that was pretty cool uh, style of storytelling.
1: Yeah, it's so sparse in dialogue at the beginning because, again, they had such a small time frame they had to fit an entire story into that they they used a very limited amount of resources in making these things. And they did such a great job. But if you watch it like we did, this whole thing strung together, it's about, what, two hours and 20, 30 minutes or something like that? Not even. Not Not even? even. It's like two hours. Yeah. But you can kind of track where those things expand. And, and by the time it's over, you realize that the five-minute blocks have way more dialogue than the early minutes did. And it makes an incredible difference. But Grievous is kind of like – when they bring him in, it's a return to form to the beginning because like you had said, it's quiet. And they're all the, the Jedi are surrounded and they're hiding and they're, they're just waiting and they're waiting. And they can hear the tick-tick-tick-tick-tick-tick-tick the of his metal feet. And it's it's driving the tension. and it, it's it starts to go nuts. and then the one guy jumps out. And then it's if you think about it, it's pretty violent of an entry, too, for Grievous, where the Jedi who has no name, Shaggy, is running out. He can't take it anymore. He runs out into the open, and Grievous lands on him and squashes him <laughs> into the ground.
0: Yeah, he literally does. Like it's I was It's
1: fantastic. For
0: him to, I was waiting for him to pop up like as an accordion. And
1: yeah, off. it's. It was if great. this was a Wile E. Coyote cartoon, they probably would have. But no, he he crushes him into the dirt, and it's fantastic. Absolutely love that part. And and when, the other part that's really good a demonstration of the use of sound or a lack thereof, is when the the con the, the separatists the separatists are, are attacking Coruscant, which is an amazing display to begin with, and they're trying. I think it's Shock T who is escorting Palpatine out. Who's trying to like get Palpatine out of his um, offices and into a safe sp- into I, a safe space.
0: I think that's right. She was kind of drawn. I feel like where it's it was Weird for me to like see her as Shock
1: They are in the. Do you remember the part? They're in the elevator and they're descending the elevator very quickly, and yeah. In the background, all you see is Grievous's head bobbing in and out, in and out, in and out, and you realize he's running down the side of the building, and that at a certain point, that he just turns so and cool. looks at them, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's That's creepy. So cool.
0: And this, like,
1: But it's silent. You don't hear anything. That's the point. They're yeah. inside the elevator, and you are inside the elevator with them, because they don't hear him coming. You see him. They don't notice it, and you're like... Guys, guys, look out the window, look out the window, look out the window. And then he turns his head. <laughs> it's a brilliant, brilliant piece of directing.
0: I feel like this is like kind of the Legends version of what happened in the Clone Wars. And not like <laughs> not like Legends expanded universe, but like literally the legends that people told each other in in universe, in the galaxy. Like yeah. if you look at some of the things they can do, the Jedi can basically fly mace windu True. i mean that jump that he makes to the little kid after the oh. stomping machine i got i i will i will admit that was one thing i, I had a lot of fun watching mace windu uh do his thing he's used very
1: him. effectively he is used yeah. very effectively
0: yeah very effectively uh but he can fly dooku literally does fly uh when he first <laughs> is testing uh, asajj like he flies so I kind of imagine this these are the stories like the little kid who saw Mace Windu tell each other, and they're like these fish tales that get bigger and bigger. And that's kind of like Grievous too. Because when we see Grievous in the actual Clone Wars series and the Canon series, he's like he's a badass, but not to that extent. He's kind of a mustache twirling bad guy. But if you think mm. about in in universe most people are not going to see the Anakin and Obi-Wans and Grievous's of the Clone Wars. Sure. You know? Um, so I feel like these would be the style of myths that they would pass around and tell each other about, like, what the Jedi could do and what the Separatists could do. Uh, and, and, you know, those stories just kept getting bigger and bigger. And when I looked at it through that lens, I feel like it adds a lot to the overall star wars story like i feel like it fits snugly in with what we already know
1: yeah i think that's a good way of reconciling kind of the differences that you can you can uh glean from it pretty quickly and it's also kind of that's kind of the method that they they are using for things like the luke skywalker book is like that isn't it uh, the book i can't remember the name of
0: the legends of luke skywalker
1: that sounds like yeah. it um, yeah. where he's kind of like listening in to people telling the stories and you get the impression that he understands it's not exactly how it happened but he's going to let that be the story that's told that's kind of the same th- that's kind of the same kind of premise that you're you're, you're talking about there and I think that works um, for you know whatever reason you need it to work that sounds reasonable
0: it just is like a thought that popped in my head you know because you just you see so much stuff in here that is so different from everything else we had at this time. You know, I feel like if, maybe if this came out now, well, first of all, I think if this came out now, exactly man, it it would tear people to shreds.
1: Well, because there's no room for Ahsoka in any of this.
0: Yeah. Um, That's why no one would accept it. (laughs) And rightfully so. But, (laughs) but if you, if you had a show like this come out where you're showing such drastically different, powers for the Jedi than anything we've seen them do in the much bigger battles on screen. I think you would have a lot of problems, but I just feel like the fandom was kind of more accepting at the time, and we just kind of wanted more stuff, even though I wasn't one of the people who wanted more stuff, apparently, Uh, in my little 13-year-old brain.
1: I think there was a lot less control over... Every single element that went into it. I think part of the problem is you had so many different people involved in creating content for the Star Wars universe that you had books over here and you had comic books over there. You had video games up on the shelf. You had toys and you had card games and you had this, that and the other thing. And now you have cartoons. But nobody's in charge of like a central kind of message or an overall overarching kind of uh, narrative that everybody has to adhere to. Everybody gets to play with their toys in the sandbox however they want to, and this is kind of another example of that. But one of the things I like that they did in this that I kind of wish we could get other people to take on, because it's been one of my issues with Star Wars in general, is the lack of scale appropriately for what we're talking about. And here's what I'm talking about. In A New Hope, when the Rebels go to destroy the Death Star, there's only 30 ships that they send out. That's it. And the Death Star sends out Maybe the same amount of TIE fighters because that's really all we see. Now, I know that you can kind of extrapolate from that and the idea is space should be filled with these ships and you're kind of supposed to understand that even though they don't demonstrate all that on the screen. This show actually demonstrates thousands of ships all engaged at the same time. And the scale is incredible wherein they can show a single individual and then the multitude of thousands of other individuals around them. Like, it has a method of panning in and out, so you zoom in, you zoom out, and you can kind of see there's a field of battle droids, but you can tell it's a field of battle droids. It doesn't look like a blob. It looks more like the moments in The Phantom Menace where all the droid racks are coming out, and you see thousands of these guys um, coming down the green plains. But that mentality gets lost.
0: Every single one, but also all of them at the same time.
1: Exactly. You you can see both the forest and you can see the trees all at the same time. So and that's kind of like a really special thing that the series does so very well because that increase of scale also increases the sense of stakes and how important and oppressive these kinds of things are. Think about the moment when Yoda is in his meditation chambers. he His eyes flash open. He opens the shades and there are thousands of separatist ships who have invaded Coruscant like on, on a dime. They've just kind of gone into – the atmosphere and they are there and you have to deal with them or you think about like like you're talking about the mace windu scene where he's in the middle of this battle droid fight it's one man against a thousand droid not only can you see all the thousands of droids but now you have this shadow that slowly just over the course of the field and everybody kind of stops and no one's really sure what's going on and then the camera pulls way out and this massive foot just comes in <clears throat> Flattens thousands of these combatants, and it's just the scale is incredible because it lends so much more credibility to the actual concept of this is a war, and is costing people their lives on a scale that's never been seen in this galaxy, and that's awesome. We we kind of miss that from like the movies and things, even in like. Like, The Force Awakens, when they, they launch this assault on Starkiller Base, don't you think there would be thousands of TIE Fighters that come out? Don't you think there would be Star Destroyers that jump in from hyperspace? D- don't you think, like, in The Last Jedi, when these these last few ships of the Resistance, there's you, you're telling me there's four ships left? Four? That's it? And you expect me to believe that's the entirety of the Resistance? But not only that, you expect me to believe there's five Star Destroyers? That's it? where's the rest of them? What are they doing? Like, what show are they binge-watching on Space Netflix that they're not out here getting their job done? This series is not afraid to show them the totality of armaments at at both sides' disposal and how they're using them. That's awesome. We need more of that, not less.
0: It's what, like, the end of Rogue One does so effectively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You You get
0: very intimate with the ships. like, A New Hope, the thing that it does really well is it gets you inside the ships with the, the pilots like you get in there and you see them but you don't get to know them whereas on Scarif you kind of get to know them and here you don't necessarily like get to know them but you do get that scale and it kind of gives you that very similar effect you become more attached to the storytelling and to what's yeah. happening in the battle well, even and it the- seems more urgent
1: and Getting to know the characters in this one doesn't really make a difference because on one side, it's clones. It's all the same guy. And on the other side, it's droids. It's literally manufactured. So the individuality boils down to two groups. It's the clump of Jedi over here and like the two or three bad guys on the other side. So you're absolutely right that you don't get kind of that individual attention, but in this series you don't need it because yeah,
0: it's kind of it, the point.
1: But that's kind of the trick of the storytelling: is once you know one, you know all, and you can yeah. ascribe that same sense of import for one protect one particular clone life to all of the clone lives. Like the one guy, I can't remember where this is. It's just kind of probably toward the middle of the show, where there's one clone trooper. He's radioing in like a retreat, or we need backup. And he's got his rifle, and he shoots at two droids. He runs out of charges. He throws the rifle at him. He pulls out his pistols. He takes out a couple more. Those are gone, so he throws them. He's using every last scrap of energy he can. But if you're looking at the background, you can see the army of droids is marching right past him. He's only dealing with three or four at a time, and there's like a 100 that just walked past him. And you go, oh, man, this is one guy against everything. But then once you have that connection to the one guy – you, had, you can take and ascribe that same connection to everybody else, and that's what makes it so, so more impactful than anything the movies have shown us lately. Okay, let me back that up. Anything the prequels showed us?
0: If, I don't know about that. I, I kind of prefer getting and knowing the clones. I, I feel like that has a bigger impact on things than seeing each of them, like, fighting on their own and being overwhelmed. In the the canon series, you get to really, like, know Rex and Cody and even, like, fives. And so <laughs> when you see other clones die, you you kind of place that emotional attachment knowing, like, that's an actual person behind that helmet. Whereas here, it kind of felt like they were just... Fodder a little bit more, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I appreciated like the scale of the war and the sacrifice, and and this show I feel like did a better job of showing what we hear about the Clone Wars, which is that it like tore the galaxy to pieces. I think it does it more effectively than you believe it. Because absolutely, yes, yes. But the character development in here is, in my opinion, nowhere near as effective as the character development in the canon series that said you also have you have 6 seasons you know of 20 episodes versus 2 hours
1: well and the goals so, are two and the goals are two different things yeah. the, the goal of the micro series is to kind of ascribe value and 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 meaning to the cost of war in, in 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 on a scale on a large scale you know they're measuring in body counts and numbers and they're measuring them in the thousands and millions the goal of what you're calling the Canon series is more to get to know the characters and follow them on their adventures, which is fine. That's great. It's a different goal, and they execute very, very well. And it's interesting to think about like the clones, even though they came from a single source, um were allowed to develop personalities, names. they're allowed to uh, change haircuts and styles and whatnot, paint their armor paint their ships and really kind of individualize and personalize their army as opposed to the stormtroopers later on which came from a variety of sources and species and whatnot well okay maybe not species they're all still humans but then they put the same singular white armor on everybody and it's kind of the opposite effect and that's something that the the canon series is trying to develop and say no these are people too these are all people and under the Republic, they're allowed to be people. And one of the evils of the Empire is that the individuality is stripped away, and you're stuck inside this white suit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you you kind of see, I, I think, more of the progression to the stormtroopers here in in this series because you don't you don't get to see any of the clones with their helmets off. No. Um, But it's a lot more focused on the main characters. Like this show kind of like I I struggle to compare this to Forces of Destiny because while I like Forces of Destiny, I think this show, I don't want to say it's better. It's just so different uh, (laughs) than what Forces of Destiny is trying to do. Like, Forces of Destiny is trying to tell little morale stories uh, in quick little snippets. This, like you said earlier, was trying to give a lot of context to what happened in between Episodes 2 and Episodes 3 and to let you know, like, when you go into Episode 3, how terrible things really are. Right. Um, and I, I mean, you kind of, like, you, you see the Battle of Coruscant at the beginning of that movie and you know, like, it's a big war. But then you go down to Coruscant and it's like all the buildings are the same. Everybody looks safe and happy and healthy like what's the big problem? Yeah,
1: it's like they were not even paying attention It's like oh, I'm glad you're 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 home. You know, you're late. Can you take the garbage out? Yeah, exactly guys We just fought a war Are you paying
0: attention and so like yeah, so you then like if you get to this You do get that scale that you were talking about and I think that that's really effective but you also have to be very targeted in your three to five minutes that you have and you've mm-hmm. got to focus on the characters you need to focus on, which was Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda, to some extent.
1: Um, I want to back up just a minute and ask you about Forces of Destiny because I have not kept up with that show since, like, the first two or three um, entries. Is there any kind of narrative between all of those?
0: Um, there's, a cup, there's a couple, I think. I know there's one, or I guess two, with Rey that kind of happened back to back okay um, in the overnight after she or actually the morning after um when she meets bb8 other than that off the top of my head i can't think of any others that have uh like a timeline Mm. or a continuous story they really are just little snippets of like how leia got her dress you know um by being nice
1: how leia got her dress
0: the dress in return of the jedi there's a little oh. episode where um. the end. She's like, she helps some Ewoks, um, you know, with the stormtroopers or whatever. And so, as a thank you, they like take her and give her the dress and welcome her into their community and stuff.
1: Is it um, one that they just had laying around? Yeah, or, somehow, somehow, yeah, from that, you know, one of the that other ma- people that makes perfect sense. Yeah,
0: it makes more sense now that you know they ate somebody else before oh, they God. got to. Play. <laughs> uh, but but bro. yeah, they're just little. They're just little background <laughs> stories. This. This one definitely has a lot more um a lot more meat behind it, a lot more of an impact. And I would mm. really like to see this this style show but with the the galactic civil war. Like I really want a Oh, in-between. like a rise
1: of the empire era kind of Not
0: thing. Not even. No, 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 no. Like actually like between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi, like that time in between there, a Clone Wars version of that, Like, the war that huh. happened there. I think you could do some really interesting stuff uh, with a series like that. And
1: You should read the X-Wing books. You'd really enjoy them. They're see, really good. Well, okay. I, they're not really good. Some of them are, like, ridiculous. But they're also really fun.
0: I just have trouble, like, re- I have trouble reading battles in books. I think that's one of the reasons that Battlefront really, the first one, just really didn't work for me is 90% of that book is... Just battle scenes. and you, you
1: can't read battle scenes. You know I, this is Star Wars, right? Not I like Star Diplomacies. I,
0: just, I don't just. I just don't care about them. Like if I, <laughs> I want to see. Fifty
1: percent of the title is combat.
0: <laughs> but I like seeing that. I don't want to read it. You know, Too
1: much. it. You're a teacher. You teach kids to read.
0: <laughs> oh no! It, it doesn't mean do I have to. It doesn't. Ah! No, it doesn't mean I have to like doing it. <laughs> Trust me, there are plenty of reading teachers who don't even like reading. At did least you, I like reading.
1: Did you know there's an X-Wing pilot that's a horse?
0: Um, no,
1: but there you need are... to You need to go and find a way you can Google Hohosh Equash. You'll uh, regret it for the rest of your days, I promise. It's great.
0: You know, I'm not really shocked because this one had a, a, a werewolf <laughs> Jedi, so—
1: <laughs> Whoa, he's not a werewolf. He's a, Oh, I'm going to mispronounce this, but I'm going to say it's a Shistavanen, maybe? And it's uh, the werewolf man from the cantina. This is an established in-universe character or uh, uh, species.
0: He just looked really weird.
1: He didn't look really weird. Don't be racist. That's not cool. <laughs> uh,
0: no, if we're gonna if we're gonna nitpick on things though, wh-
1: let's har- let's pick to, our nits.
0: What happened to Anakin's voice?
1: Ah, uh, okay. Let me read to you one of my one of my notes. Let no, me no, speak.
0: No, no. H- hold up. Did he just, like, not hit puberty yet or something? Like, I'm trying to figure out what happened.
1: Uh, And I quote, they also really nail whiny teen Anakin. He is the worst.
0: I (laughs) don't think I would say nail.
1: It sounds exactly like Hayden Christensen. Are you kidding me?
0: Okay.
1: He's holding me back. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. It's the same character it's the exact same vocal intonations and everything
0: no okay of the two of us who has more credibility about what it matches with the prequels and what doesn't i think i get whoa I get the credit there. if we're gonna if we're gonna so we run,
1: entered into what i called aggressive negotiations <laughs> i think they actually used the line aggressive negotiations in this micro series at one point and i was like i could feel my eyes rolling it's i think weird. so
0: my eyes rolled with that too because it like uh-uh. was, it wasn't even the same context it was no really weird uh it was like it was like when, when in the books i don't know but for some reason i feel like every book i read they're like i've got a bad feeling about this it just makes its way in every book and i'm like well oh.
1: you know if you watch every movie it's also in every movie too do you know that right
0: yes i do I know could, that but I'm it just making sure in every book okay but clearly no, you have such
1: better credibility with these movies <laughs> as you stated earlier
0: i have watched these movies a lot more than you have Let's
1: just say that. I'm willing to bet I've watched Phantom Menace more often than you have. I'm willing to bet. The year it came out on VHS, that's right, when it came out on VHS, I watched it.
0: (coughs) Old, old. That's what, four? Are we at four now?
1: Or at least. What was I saying? You just (laughs) (laughs) tried
0: That you love the Phantom Menace.
1: I watched it at least twice a week for a solid year. Because it came out when I was in, like, ninth grade, I think, on home video. I remember it came out 11 months after the theatrical release, and I watched it all the time. And it was, and for a while there, it was the best thing ever. But then again, I was also, like, 14. So, you know, I didn't have a, a whole lot of reason to think that was the best thing ever. Attack of the Clones I've probably seen, like, three times.
0: See, and we are post-Attack of the Clones.
1: And yet I, I can remember all of the terrible things. <laughs>
0: Anakin's voice was terrible. I'm sorry. It, the the dialogue... The oh, it was
1: terrible. Was, it was terrible. Don't get me wrong, but it was a spot-on No, man.
0: it was not at all. It was grating. It was like nails on a That's chalkboard. That's
1: exactly what I mean. We're, but, we're in agreement.
0: But Anakin's... <laughs> I, I'm talking about his voice, though, not what he says.
1: Oh, no, I agree. Audience, I hope you're enjoying this, because this is tickling me to no end.
0: <laughs> I think we're going to move on
1: <sighs> uh, to... Uh, okay, I'll give you this. In the the front half of the series, you're right, voice, uh, dialogue, all that, kind of match, but begin the, sp- the sparseness, the sparsity, not really sure which way you use that, made it work because it was so minimalistic and the dialogue, when it was used, you could tell it was important. When you get towards the back half of the series and they've got more time and you can tell they get the voice actors into the booth more often, that's when they're using the really, really cheesy dialogue things. There's a moment where Obi-Wan and Anakin are sharing a meal of bugs or something. Oh, that's so... It's so bad. And bad is the word you're looking for. And they have that moment of fake laughter where they're like, ha, 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 we're friends. Like, it's that level of, stop, guys. So here's my question. Here's my question relating to that. Is it possible that there has ever been a moment... Where the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan did not feel forced or weak or disingenuous. Has there ever been a moment of genuine relationship between the two of them? And if so, what's your example of that? What's a moment that actually made you think, I can believe that and that feels realistic to me?
0: I think the Anakin and Obi-Wan comic does a good job of that, which is why I think we need content in those 10 years in between. Even if it's just like a comic series or a book series about Anakin and Obi Wan together, because I agree with you, like they don't feel like the brothers that they're supposed to feel. I, I guess they they kind of the- do in Revenge of the Sith, but not not to the extent I think you're supposed to believe. But in the Anakin and Obi Wan comic, you get a much more fatherly uh, type of Obi Wan because Anakin is considering like whether he actually wants to be a Jedi or not. Um, and whether he agrees with the Jedi principles and things. And Obi-Wan does a really good job of guiding him, but not forcing him to make the answer, but or forcing okay. him to the answer that Obi-Wan wants him to Hey-o. say. Um, but he also... He makes it very clear, like, this is what I believe, and and this is why I want you to take the time to actually think about this. But whatever... And he even... Not in not so many words tells Yoda like if Anakin leaves I'm leaving too I promised Qui Gon that I would train him and I'm going to train him. Really? Yeah. Um, which is a a really powerful moment. So I think that is a moment where it doesn't feel forced. Other than that there there is always this tension between the two characters. It's it it's like a it's kind of like an arranged marriage kind of thing. You know it. there's uh, Okay.
2: Because there's an obligation.
0: There's an obligation to the relationship. Like Obi Wan doesn't want to let his dying master down. Anakin has all these expectations on his shoulders, and really, the only other person who can kind of understand that is Obi Wan. I think. I think to some extent, Anakin sees Obi Wan and the promise that he made Qui Gon, and sees it in a similar light of the weight that Anakin has as the Chosen One. Like, this is a a promise, this, this thing you have to live up to that you really never could live up to. And so they have that kinship in, in that way, but there is always that awkward, like, hey, yeah, we love each other, we're married, but <laughs> we also sleep in different beds. So, there.
1: So, in summary... Anakin and Obi-Wan are space married.
0: Oh, yeah. You didn't know that already?
1: No, I don't frequent that corner of the internet.
0: I'm sure there's some fan fiction out there.
1: I, I didn't say there wasn't. I'm, I'm sure it's terrible.
0: Should, should, should we go look it up on... We can go look it up right
1: now. Yeah. Do you want to do, like, a live dra- dramatic reading of it?
0: Let's do it. I am tight You... All right. We're gonna Good night, have- everybody. We are going to type this into the Google...
1: And no, we're gonna... no, no. Anakin just... and Obi Wan. Stop! Stop! This is how you get viruses on your computer.
0: It's all in this Japanese, so we're gonna go to. a It's like site. using borrowed
1: hypodermic needles. Don't do it. It's not smart. <laughs> just get a clean one. Don't do it.
0: All right. Let's see. I'm just going to the first one that comes up. Oh um, no! He's
1: still doing it, guys. I cannot stop him. <laughs> Brooke, Death what's shape? Brooke's phone? Let me call Brooke. Hang on.
0: Chapter one: A sprung. Tri- no
1: no um, stop it <laughs> we don't have is. rights to that
0: <laughs> you can use like 30 seconds without copyright infringement
1: We're god kidding. bless the fair use of, uh, act um, so, so I want to ask you about something else uh, slightly unrelated Th- the way in which Anakin makes a transition from Padawan to Knight and they, in, if you kind of track with that whole sequence of Anakin's journey as a Jedi through this entire ser- this uh, series I want to get your opinion on that I, right
0: I liked it. I, I liked that we actually got to see it. Um okay. I, I thought the idea that they were kind of just promoting Padawans to knights because they needed more knights in the field, and they were allowing this war, which they never should have been in, to become the Jedi Trials for these up-and-coming Jedi Knights, let alone, like, the Chosen One, mm-hmm. I thought really said a lot to how misguided the Jedi were. So... I appreciated I loved that. loved
1: that moment, yeah. That was yeah. A very interesting. Uh, yeah, and I like that it's Obi-Wan who promotes kind of the, uh, you know, the uh, abandoning tradition and ceremony for the sake of expediency and getting Anakin basically a command post.
0: Well, and not just that, but I don't know, the debate that they kind of had, it, it felt like it was just obligatory. Like, they were having this debate because, well, we're supposed to have a debate about this, right? Like, this is something that we should dispute it it always and maybe it's just because like we know where it ends but it always kind of felt like there's no other end they're coming to other than that and it was kind of very tragic
1: and I yeah that's that. I really like that we got a chance to see that because it, it's it's a better example of kind of the morass within the, the yeah, Jedi order yeah. that's taken a hold and to say hey look we're we can recognize we're losing a part of ourselves um, by the way we're acting and it's it's yoda who makes the call and says nah we'll let it go this time
0: well and then just when he when you see him get knighted um i thought it was i thought it was oddly cool that like how yoda cut off his braid i don't know i mm-hmm. thought it was kind of i liked cool it too looking. i appreciate it i i liked padme putting it in with the little Japur snippet i thought that was a sweet little moment but i have
1: a question about that too
0: Okay, we'll come back to that, because I, I, I want to hit yep. on that moment where he knights Bookmark him. Bookmark that. Because I have to go back and watch the episode, but I'm like 95% sure the words that Yoda says are the same words that... Oh, God, hold on. I don't know if we've gotten this far in Rebels.
1: Uh, just go for it. All
0: right, since we're... No, my
1: ability no to make it through that show has diminished greatly.
0: <laughs> so when Kanan gets knighted, um,
1: oh, no, I'll yeah. just keep going.
0: <laughs> when Kanan gets knighted, the person who knights him uses the the same words that Yoda uses in this series, which I ah, cool. really cool because like we've never seen anybody get knighted except for in this series. So I appreciated that little homage to uh to that moment Does it but never
1: I, do we not get anything like that in the Filoni series? No. Really?
0: There's nothing No, it was like it was it, it took me very aback to even see this. Um cuz I really? don't remember I don't remember even reading it in any books I read growing up. And I read like, you know, the the younger young readers of like Anakin and Obi-Wan and stuff when when uh-huh. Anakin was growing up. And I don't recall a lot of that stuff, um, but yeah, I don't think we ever saw. And and if I'm wrong, tweet at me because I want to check it out. But I don't think we've ever seen um, anybody else get knighted except for Anakin here and Kanan in in, uh, in Rebels. So hmm. I think I think also it says a lot uh, that again I come back to this thing with Jedi and their lightsabers, but that they I I know it's kind of like a Knights of the Round Table thing that they're doing with the lightsabers and everything. But I think it's really important, and it gets forgotten, that Yoda did not train Luke. As far as we know, Yoda never trained Luke with a lightsaber. And I think
1: that's... Uh, On screen, we never see it, but it exists within the novelization. Would you like to know what that scene is like?
0: No, because I'm still going with that... (laughs) I I think it contradicts because it's not. I mean, the novelizations are I guess canon to the point that they don't contradict, but I, I feel like yes. that contradicts because because the Jedi using their lightsabers and using violence was the problem of the in the Clone Wars, and then the when Luke really becomes a Jedi is when he throws his lightsaber away, and so I just found it I just found it kind of interesting that. Anakin got knighted with a lightsaber, and then was redeemed by a lightsaber being thrown away. I just, I don't know. I'm probably forcing things, huh. but I thought it was a kind of a, a cool concept.
1: Uh, no, I think you can. I think you're certainly allowed to make that kind of a connection. You know, using the evidence that you've got there. If you're especially <laughs> well, thank a blind, you, I have oh, your permission. If you're going to turn a blind eye to the <laughs> other evidence that exists, that's fine. Yeah, go for it. If that's what makes you comfortable and sleeps through the night. You're fine.
0: It's America. We're allowed to do that these days. Uh. <laughs> moving on what did you want to say about padme oh always, he, um, we're talking about
1: padme well i this is not padme well it is a little bit so he give. first off is it not creepy to mail somebody a braid of your hair that just it seems so really awkward is. um oh, it's so but awkward. she keeps it I thought it was interesting that she kept the, in the same drawer as the little Japor snippet and we know that she kept the Japor snippet all the way up into her death at the end of Revenge of the Sith, so my question is do you think she was also buried with his braid? God, I, I hope and so. And if so, who do you think made the decision to put those things in her casket? Was Dorme like oh, I'm pretty sure they liked each other so I better put these together.
0: Dorme died, dude. Watch Attack of the Clones.
1: Uh, who am I thinking of? Who's the concerned one? No. I don't know who you're thinking of. Wait a minute. I'm Google Dorme
0: dies at the beginning of Attack of the Clones.
1: Is she the... Is that the, um... She's the decoy. The cl- She's the decoy? She's, yeah. the decoy? She's the decoy! She's the decoy! This one's uh, a decoy. I... So who's the exactly. one... Oh. Then who's the one who comes up later on?
0: Sabe, I think?
1: I, I do I, 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 I am... There is a website dedicated to the handmaidens of Padme, and I'm not getting that into my internet browser. I don't want that in my search history. You that guys can sounds, enjoy that. When you...
0: That sounds great. Don't. I'm looking that up later. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if you know who Drew is talking about, please tweet at us. Help at me out, guys.
1: Because
0: I have because no idea there, who he's talking about. There's
1: the one who dies on the, on the, on coming down the ramp, but then later on there's the one who, like, when pa- – I almost said panicking. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Padme Anakin. he's officially a I shipper i don't know what that means but okay um where where she's like it's not that milady. it's just and she's like at the single tear down her cheek and she's like that's okay we'll have or two no that's two different scenes i'm combining it to one god i hate that movie so much <laughs>
2: it's so
1: bad um anyway i wonder who made that decision and i was like i wonder if they knew to whom it belonged which got me down this whole rabbit hole of how many people were inside the circle of knowledge between the Anakin and Padme, and their uh, forthcoming uh, 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 baby? Probably not a large number of people.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna totally Go for headcanon this, it. and this probably didn't happen, but I think it would have been really really cool if Ahsoka snuck in there and put what? Because Ahsoka knows. See, you should keep up with Forces of Destiny.
1: I just keep going. Ahsoka I'm not knows.
0: Watching. Ahsoka knows, and so if Ahsoka somehow got in there and I don't know, saw it and had heard the stories about it and put it on. What? There, I think she that
1: sniffed it great. and could tell it had his scent.
0: Yes, that was exactly what she did. You didn't know that Togruta's have that power. <laughs> 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 no, like Anakin. I, I don't know. Anakin might have told her about it. I'm. I told you. I'm totally headcanning this and going off in a weird direction. But it's a possibility.
1: Okay, sure. Did enjoy it. it.
0: It's as it's as much a possibility as anything else.
1: Is it though? Is I it mean,
0: though? I mean, if you're talking about the people who knew Anakin and Padme were together, you've got Ahsoka and Obi Wan.
1: Obi Wan, right? Obi Wan knew for sure.
0: Obi Wan knew for sure, yeah, but Obi Wan didn't put it on her, he wasn't there. I always kind of wondered about that decision to put that necklace no, on No, he
1: was there, though.
0: Obi-Wan like, he was, was there... not at her funeral.
1: Well, no, but he was there when she died.
0: Yeah, but you don't see the Japorsnik uh, on her neck until her funeral.
1: That's true, and the, the funeral's on Naboo, so how did it get there?
0: Right. Okay, here we go. I think I know.
1: Oh, good. I can't wait.
0: The Nabaris put it on her, her family. Because.
1: Yes, let's bury her with the effects of her creepy boyfriend. That sounds like something a dad no, would do.
0: No. The, her parents. Ah, oh God, I want. I need to reread the Deleted conversation. C.
1: Doesn't care. They, Doesn't matter. Are,
0: but as, they liked Anakin as far as we knew. And were, we're glad that Padme was expanding her horizons, I guess you could say. So... <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know beyond, how else to put
1: beyond what's template. his name paolo from uh yeah. diplomacy camp
0: oh god um that's all dark uh, i do try to push that scene out of my head but yeah it was probably her family honestly if we're being realistic maybe her sister I or am, something i imagine
1: the sister rummaging through her drawers going what kind of crap does she care about this looks important sure why not what yeah, is this I, weird hair braid <laughs> this I'm can't sure possibly exactly... into the trash
0: Oh, man.
1: From which they cloned another version of Anakin and blah, 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 blah.
0: Yep, and he's called Kylo Ren. Ha! There you go. Episode 9 spoiler, folks.
1: What if he was called Anakin?
0: Oh, like with two vowels in his name?
1: Yes. Wouldn't that be cool? You imagine if they did that in a Star Wars novel? That would be amazing. That
0: is so edgy. You are... are
1: Thanks, Timothy Zahn. We love you, Timothy Zahn. (laughs) We do. So...
0: The other thing that like really stood out to me that I just thought was fantastic in this uh, series was the okay. Saj and Anakin fight. In my oh opinion, okay, that was far and above the best part of this entire series. Um, did you catch of... what? Go ahead.
1: I was going to ask you: Did you did you catch the location of that fight?
0: Okay, that was my question. Was it on Yavin Four?
1: That's what they say.
0: Okay. They say I wasn't Yoda sure.
1: says that uh, they fought on. They met on Yavin on the fourth moon of, of Yavin, and it looks like that Anakin threw her off the top of a Masasi temple.
0: I somehow very interesting. That. I'm not gonna lie, I was like falling asleep at the last like 20 minutes of the show, so <laughs> <laughs> I probably missed some parts. But hey, there were a lot of like allusions to prior things that I thought were really interesting, like seeing Asajj throw the trees at Anakin in the same way that Vader threw parts of Cloud City at Luke. Yeah. Uh it, it was very similar. Um the high ground moment where <laughs> I was wondering the about ground, that. I thought I thought it went just a, a touch too long, but other than that, I was just like that's pretty pretty funny because Anakin's successful. Like he succeeds at getting adventurous at and so it adds a, a little bit to that line um by Obi-Wan at the at the end of Revenge of the Sith but overall like my favorite part in there was Anakin having the red blade. I thought that was just oh yeah. so cool. The the only thing that I don't think worked was kind of his howl at the end was just a little Oh really? I, I didn't hate it. It just kind of was it didn't feel like Anakin to me. Um it, he I feel like he's like bottles it up a little bit more. And maybe if you just saw him standing there huffing and puffing and, like, looking angry, it might have, I don't know, been a little bit better. But that's, you know, hmm. n- nitpicking, just personal uh, preference there.
1: Yeah, I would support the, I would support the uh, angry exclamation there at the end because it, he's really tapping into the dark side at this point. It's made very clear visually. Yeah, that's uh, so what
0: was the thing I was And I
1: feel say. like that's kind of, like, what erodes his control, like, part of what the Jedi temple is trying to teach him is how to control all that kind of thing. And at the moment where he's able to unleash it, he is victorious. And that's kind of his end declaration to, to either get it all out of his system or to either that, or to recognize that this is how I did it. And, and, and and maybe I'm sure if the camera had stayed on him, like a moment later, he would have gone, what have I done? Kind of thing. Like that face of like, Oh, uh, maybe I've gone a little too far here. But in the moment what we get the information that we get shows us that he taps into the dark side he is able to overcome Ventress and is victorious in that fight and and the show wants us to understand that this is kind of the first time that he's really tapping into that and using it to his benefit he's he is in control of it even and he well let me back that up he thinks he is in control of it but i wonder yeah. how much control he actually has
0: Well, and I think it's interesting that you have those images of like Yoda and Obi Wan flying. Yeah, those last couple strikes. Yeah, I I think that's really powerful storytelling. And I think you're right there. He thinks he has control, but he definitely doesn't. Um, I think he, yeah, he sees which is the ultimate. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's like ultimate ultimate problem Anakin has he feels like he has control, and that's kind of the ultimate lie of the dark side. is it allows you to think you are still in control when you, you're you not even in the car, never mind the driver's seat.
0: Well, and the series did such a good job of building up to moments. Like, we yeah. talked earlier about the build-up to Grievous just destroying the Jedi. The build-up of Asajj was fantastic in here. Like, you had her sneak up on Dooku, and he compliments her right away about being, like, stealthier than he would have imagined then she goes in and whoops like what six or seven of these giant monsters like it's you know just a warm-up so you have such just a great build then you have her clearly toying with anakin as a pilot just leading him in um and and then the duel she's she's standing her own with with anakin which i mean we see in the clone wars but if you just look at it in this series alone and just the storytelling they do in this series, in a very short time, you make Ventress a very formidable opponent for Anakin. Um, and I, I think so that when you get to that moment where he does tap into the dark side, he sees it as kind of a necessary evil. Um, and I can control this. I can do this. And as we know, he clearly can't. Hmm. One thing that was interesting speaking about Asajj, So, like, when she shows up, she has a blue and green lightsaber. Yes. Which I found was really interesting because then later she has the red blades. Yes. Which obviously was done for storytelling purposes because you want to see Anakin with the red blade. But knowing what we know now and, and playing the game of let's make this thing canon that's not canon, we know for sure in canon that... Blades become red when a Sith Lord makes the lightsaber – or makes the crystal bleed, right? It's a a lightsaber stolen from a Jedi or a crystal stolen from a Jedi that they make bleed. Asajj is a former Jedi. Go with me here. Asajj is a former (laughs) Jedi. So what if that lightsaber – those two lightsabers, I should say, that are hers are hers and her former master's that she has taken as their her own and the red blade assembling her full immersion into the dark
1: side oh she no has made her
0: own sabers bleed
1: no brandon brandon what? i'm so sorry you must have blinked you must have blinked and missed it dooku gifts her those two red lightsabers
0: oh i did miss that okay you
1: blinked there's a sequence like when he's training her you know did you see the part where he zaps her with the lightning have you seen a Star Wars before?
0: Yes, I've seen. I I, I think it was called the the Ewoks <sighs> Caravan of Courage. Is that is that one?
1: Okay. Applications will be made available for co-hosts <laughs> to replace one. Brandon J. Boylan. Yeah, there's a sequence. There's again. You must have blinked and missed it because he's. Um, there's the part where Palpatine comes down the stairs and the little spider hologram. You missed that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go to that and then back up like seven seconds, and you'll see the part where he gifts her those two things, and and I'm they're they're curved sad. handles in in his style. So the idea is that he forged the you know he kind of manufactured those after his own is kind of what you're supposed to pick up. It doesn't have quite the same like the little protuberance there at the end that kind of sticks out and curves around for some whatever reason. But the the hilts are curved in and of themselves. So, I mean, I, I like your theory. It's cute, the but it's cute, I suppose. I this have whole a... bleeding of lightsaber crystals is not my favorite part of the new canon. I'm not really down with this. Although we kind of got into this on the Facebook group at one point.
0: I love this idea. I have this theory that the reason that Kylo's saber is cracked is because that is his Lightsaber crystal from his Jedi lightsaber, and he yeah. tried to make it bleed and busted it because he's not fully immersed in Just the dark did side
1: for some reason. <sighs> okay,
0: dude, you have to read the read the Darth Vader comic. It is fantastic.
1: I, re- I remember reading the first omnibus. I gotta go find the second one. I'm sure that's available at my local public library.
0: Man, are, we need another plus. A, we need to get a sponsorship from them.
1: Yeah, because I think public governments are handing out sponsorships for their library in order to plug that.
0: Especially (laughs) on podcasts. I I hear them everywhere. I think that'd be great.
1: What I'm looking for is an easy way to cook meals, because I don't have time (laughs) to go to the grocery store. It would be great if there was a a service of some kind that could deliver a ready-to-cook meal to my home that I could cook with my family in 30 minutes or less. Oh, well, there's
0: not. Go to the public (laughs) library and get a book on cooking.
1: (laughs) More you know.
0: The more you, oh know. dear! All
1: the right, only so the last the last note that I have yeah. on this is that the Clone Wars micro series here was um, nominated for and won two different Emmys um, in two different years. It won prime time. It won Outstanding Animated Program in 2004 and 2005, and it also won Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation in 2005. So again, 2005 would be the the back end of these. Uh, episode, probably the last like 30 to 40 minutes of that thing. So you're talking about the assault on Coruscant, Anakin's um, uh, I don't even know what to call it, his sojourn through the frozen wilderness to rescue the male population of the species of whose name I cannot remember. Those kind of sequences um, contributed towards this win for outstanding individual achievement in animation. And I think that's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. It definitely like set the stage and, and said like Star Wars can be animation. I don't think we get any other of the Star Wars animation that we have without having this show.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable to believe that you know, kind of the success that this had, and, and I say success in the terms of uh, quality, because um, I don't, I, I can't tell you how positively received it was. I can't tell you how much money this thing made, um, but I can tell you that it ended in two thousand five, and then we had Dave Filoni's Clone War series in two years. So I think there's a direct connection between how well this went and you can kind of tell that also between the, the quality of the beginning and how it increased at the end. You can tell their budget increased They're, you know, they got more dialogue they got the music changed a little bit the scope and scale changed a little bit you can kind of see over, over time how it really did improve upon even its own formula which is really cool and I think because of that you know, that's how you got the Clone Wars series 2007-2008 I forget when that exactly came out But they would have had to start working on it almost. Was it 2008? Yeah. So they probably would have had to start working on it immediately after this thing ended. And and the movie is like the first four episodes of the show. So they probably had the next 11, 12, 15 episodes already in the pipe at that point. So there's a direct line between these two things, which is kind of neat.
0: And you, you talked about, like, how the storytelling kind of improved and how they added more elements to it as it went on, and that's, like, something that continued in The Clone Wars. Like, if you watch season one animation, oh. it's, like, rough to watch almost because it's nowhere near uh, the level of crispness and just movement and flow of everything um, yeah. that the not just the the stories have, but even the animation style has and stuff. Um, And I I think that's true for this series as well. So it definitely kept with the George Lucas uh, always improving on the technology and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. One thing I kind of miss in modern Star Wars.
1: Really? What do you mean by that? I just don't
0: feel like they're taking filmmaking to the next level. Yeah. I don't know exactly, like, where you go from here, because if I did, then I would not be sitting here on a podcast and I'd be making movies. But George, (laughs) like, every one of his movies was uh, kind of about advancing filmmaking as much as it was about making the movie. And you see that in this show. um, You kind of are advancing... How a story is told with the use of sound effects and music and stuff it is just very different from anything else that was on. Clone Wars, you improved the 3D animation. But then you get to Rebels, and kind of the animation you get at the beginning, I feel like, is the same animation you get at the end. And uh, uh. the movies, I don't feel like, are using any technology that we've never seen before. And I, I, I don't want to say I miss it in terms of, like, I think it's taking away from the stories that are being told because that's—I don't think that at all. But I kind of—it's that extra layer of appreciation that I've always had for Star Wars is that it's been something that's kind of led the change in things. Just a personal little – I like that so, kind
1: of stuff. So, what you're saying is you want more pod racing in Episode Nine?
0: I was really okay. I'm not going to go off on my. The father should have been pod racers that had slave children. Being oh to I them.
1: think I beat you to that like six months ago. <laughs> I know. I think
0: we I think we did this rant already. We had
1: that but... very conversation. Right? So, right? so it would have been cool. It's like why not? You don't need space so cool. forces. Ho hush, I quashed. I don't yeah, you wait. know, it's interesting it's an interesting mention you have about the, the technology because um coming out of solo I I made the uh, lifelong commitment to avoid 3D movies as much as humanly possible from (laughs) here on out. I can't deal with it anymore. Force Awakens had, I think, pretty good use of 3D. Um, There are two or three moments that really stand out. But unless you're James Cameron, I think you just need to not do it. I think you just need to kind of stay away from it. Um, I can't think of a single moment in The Last Jedi off the top of my head that was improved by use of 3D. Did I even see it in 3D? I, I don't think so.
0: I have seen three movies in 3D in my life. and Really?
1: I've Can you name it? Every Go. Time.
0: Yes. Despicable Me 2 because it was the only what? time my sister – My sister and I were going to a movie and it was the only one that was showing was the 3D version. So I was like, okay, so we saw that. So I saw – I'm so sorry. <laughs> I saw – I love Despicable Me. Shut up. I saw Age of Ultron uh, in 3D because, once again, it was the only showing that I could get into. So I was like, ah, whatever. And then Solo. And I hated it oh, every time. really? I hate it.
1: I've seen Force Awakens. I can't remember if the last Jedi viewing I was in was in 3D. That's how impressive it was. Um, Solo and Infinity War. And I was like, this, I can't do this. Putting another pair of glasses on top of my pair of glasses already sounds like a bad idea and it just never works. So again, James Cameron, you got my green light. Everybody else, see me after class.
0: <laughs> so anyways, um, do you have anything else to add? I think we've kind of,
1: I believe of that kinda. gets me to the end. Oh, I had the only last note I have. I do have one last note and it's about the Magna Guards, um, uh grievous is not quite elite set of sparring partners i suppose i don't really know what role they are supposed to fill but here's kind of my my overall gripe i don't think i'm quite down with them i feel like they take away from grievous being special um as kind of like a droid chain trained to use lightsabers and to kill jedi i mean like what makes grievous so special if there's already like a fleet of these other ones who can do roughly the same thing. And I didn't know if you had any particular feelings about Magna Guards, whether from this or from the Clone Wars series or from Revenge of the Sith. No, 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 no. Yes. Revenge of the Sith.
0: I don't really What say like,
1: ye?
0: I really don't like any of the droids that jump up and flip around and whether it's the Magna Guards or I don't remember what the other droids are, but you know, the droids in Clone Wars that like jump and do flips and things like that. I just don't, I like the idea of
1: other droids are there, I'm not sure. Like the IG eighty sixes that I think are in the Clone Wars saga? Mm, I don't
0: they're one of the separatist droids, and I cannot remember. They have like the two oh, red it's a separatist eyes. army droids? Yeah. They they don't. they're like I'm gonna to say be,
1: it's the IG eighty six you're talking about, but I'm not sure.
0: Could be. But I just don't like the I like the idea, I should say. I like the idea of The super battle droids that they're just masses that are just holding up their guns and shooting and hoping they hit something because it's very much like we're just gonna keep building these droids and we're gonna so overwhelm you with how many we have it doesn't matter that they're not skilled and Uh i feel like those characters like the magna guards and stuff take away from that so yeah i'm with you on that i hadn't thought about it in terms of grievous i always thought about it in terms of like well, if you can make these droids who can jump around and do flips and things, why are you making b one battle droids anymore? just look it's r b five five one. No wonder he got blasted. He's one of those
2: older
1: models programmed by a central computer. Not us. We're independent thinkers. Roger roger, 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 Roger I mean, the same kind of concept is what stuck out. and this is the first time I ever really thought about it. It's like, what makes why have those? Like, what's the purpose? What do they really serve? Does he really need bodyguards? No, I don't really think so. Does he need sparring partners? If so, why does he bring them with him on missions? And I'm not I really like sure the, what else they am supposed to do. Running I like those
0: jousting droids, though. Those jousting droids, the black ones right in the speeder bikes, I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah. I, I'm mm, fine
0: with them not gosh. being canon. I just thought it visually it was kind of a cool thing.
1: Okay, yes. Visually, very interesting. I liked how they all came out of the hangar and filed into the single line, and just the visual image of all of them following Dirge across the battlefield is really cool. But it brings up the ultimate question I have of why in the world would clone troopers ever have lances in their ships? Why? Oh, why? Is that a thing? Somebody decided, you know what? Let's pack the lances, too. Like, no. Stop it. Bad. Down boy. That clone should have been fired.
0: It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense at all. But I thought... Just seeing all those droids and then seeing the droids ride the speeders, I was a lot of the stuff that was different um, in in terms of like the technology and the ships and stuff that they had in this show. I wasn't a huge fan of. I I didn't really like the the separatist droid ships that they had um, compared I'm to. I'm like, trying the to the think Ultra of which ones. You... They they what are you had talking? them
1: like the tri fighters.
0: No no no. They were th- very much like uh, Count Dooku's solar sailor, except without the little parachute on it it was that kind of shape and i just wasn't a huge fan i'm just not a huge fan of that ship so i like the ones that they have in clone wars better but this was one thing that uh was different that i was like yes that is pretty cool again i think you're totally right it makes no story sense at all (laughs) at all but it was just really cool to watch
1: okay fair enough So that's the end of my notes i don't think i have anything else interesting to say if you want to say that any of it was interesting at all
0: So let's go ahead and give it a a rating. We'll do let's do uh one to ten I don't know, we need something. One to ten TIE fighters. There's a TIE Wrong Fighter sign right now. Oh gosh. Go with it. Just roll with it. Um just act natural. It's on the lesson plan. Go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> fly casually. <laughs> um let's gee, let's see. Um if I were going to give it a numerical rating, one to ten, one being The worst, ten being the best, because I think we should make that clear. Um, I'm stalling for time as I I, as I calculate in my head. Boy, this is tough because I can't. I'm 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 so used to thinking ranking these in order of preference, like with all the films and whatnot. Um, I think it gets a six and a half. All
0: right, I was going to go seven, so I'll allow it.
1: I'm going to go with six and a half for the moment. Yeah, I think, I think it, was, it was a seven. I think it's very entertaining. I'm glad it was only like two and a half hours long. I think that – because when I watched I – I watched these when it first came out, and watching them in the three-minute increments was painful to do because you had to wait an entire week to get another three minutes <laughs> worth of a show. And I was like, this doesn't feel very good, people. Can we make this easier? Um, the format lent itself to creativity, which is great, and storytelling capability. Um, they really had to work hard to use what tools, l- limited tools that they had in order to, to make something worth watching. So I can appreciate that. So it's already leaps and bounds against other entries in the Star Wars universe. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to stick with six and a half. It adds, does it add a lot to the sh- series? I think maybe it, not a ton. It's very entertaining.
0: I think it kind of like depends on the lens that you look at it through. Like if you look at it, kind of like we were talking about earlier about it being yeah like a legend that people tell, I think it adds a right. lot to the story. If you look at it as, oh wait, this is not canon anymore, then I think it's kind of like eh, it was a lot of fun to watch.
1: Uh, I've which no I, reason I to not more. accept it as I've no reason to not accept it as canon except for the missing Ahsoka piece because we know that she's in there now. Right. She is a certified part of the story. And there's really no way to reconcile her absence in this, barring that and Grievous's voice. Um, I have no reason to continue. I would prefer to have this over Attack of the Clones any day.
0: <laughs> you and Attack of the Clones, I think. No,
1: not me in Attack of the Clones. That's the issue.
0: <laughs> I think. Uh, I think this was some great storytelling. I I appreciated how it kept to the roots of Star Wars, um, like we talked about with the use of sound and sound effects and just the visual style. But it at the same time, mm-hmm. it really pushed, pushed it forward um, in terms of allowing new people to come in and tell these stories like on screen. It's one thing to tell a story, you know, in, in a cinematic uh, series like star Wars to, to do a spinoff book, but to do a, a television show is a different level of, I think pressure and importance. Um, and so I thought I, I really appreciated the things that they did and, and I appreciated some of the things that happened in this series that got pulled over to the canon series. You know, you had, like, the Kit Fisto part is right out of a three-part arc um, in Season 3. You had just a, a lot of stuff there at the beginning you know? was was taken and put into the Clone Wars, and I thought that that was a, a really interesting thing and, and showed the, the impact that this show had, I think, was really important, so...
1: Yeah,
0: You can uh, let us know what you thought of uh, the Clone Wars show or if you need the link to where it is on YouTube. Make sure you type in 2003. Um, That's
1: very helpful, by the way. It's it very really, helpful. It really does. makes it a lot easier.
0: Uh, you can hit us up at Clashing Sabers on Twitter. You can email us at Clashing Sabers Network at gmail.com. Please remember to jump over and give us a rating and review. We actually... Oh my God, Drew. I don't think I told you. We got ratings and reviews hey hey so um i'm wait wait wait, wait, wait were, plugs they, were, they, while, were
1: they um were, were they like posi- positive positive or, they or were do they hate positive. us
0: they were positive well, then they're
1: clearly not listening
0: <laughs> yeah i know i don't know what's wrong with them Why thanks don't you mom appreciate your it plugs while i will uh i pull these up
1: uh you can find me on the twitter at the drew brett that's me um, um, I like to frequent the Facebook group. That's kind of my my best way of of interacting with people. I think it. Do we? What's the official name for that? Is it the Clashing Sabers? Uh, Clashing
0: Sabers community.
1: All right, Clashing, Clashing sabers, sabers community. Yeah. Um, Just like go ahead Clash and
0: sabers, you'll find it.
1: You'll find us. Yeah, Clashing Sabers Star Wars community. There you go. That's us. I like to hang out there and and ask questions and poke things and. But it's a great place to like kind of share your stories, your questions, your concerns, and also your creations. Like what are you doing that, you know, no one else has seen. I think we have a pretty safe place that you can share it. And we'd all love to look at it and, and provide you some, some, some visits, some page visits and some numbers and comments. And we can give you all kinds of happy things. Um, We don't do hate very well, which is good. Um, I have no problem with kicking you off. If you're a bad, bad person, (laughs) hope that's okay.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, no time for any of that. No, we're not doing the podcast wars over there. We're not doing slandering people. It just, no. If you actually want to just talk about Star Wars and fun things that happen in Star Wars, yeah, come on over there. I have been so amazed just by how much people have just gotten engaged in the community right from the the get-go. I expected like... It's great. I was really apprehensive about starting a Facebook group because I was like, I don't want another thing on my plate that I have to try to juggle. And finally, I was like, you know, there's never going to be the right time. So I made it and everybody just took to it right away. And it's been it's been amazing. Yeah,
1: it's so great. Wanna... It's an easy way to communicate. It's a great way for us to you know answer or talk to you guys. And we're open to suggestions. If you want to give us an idea for a top or top three, bottom three idea, um, shoot it out there. Uh, we'll take it and create some unre- unreasonable rules around it. And hopefully you guys <laughs> will enjoy that, too.
0: I don't. I don't think we should. We create unreasonable rules. I think you create unreasonable.
1: Rules. Oh, that's true. That's me. I do. Yeah, it's so, so much fun. I Did I tell to, you my idea for the next one? Did I tell you my idea for the next one? The fi- the that I want to do. I think we should do a top three, bottom three. Who you'd like to get in a fist fight with?
0: Yes, I. I am totally down for that. I think yes, that is excellent. a great idea. Excellent. So I wanted to do this on the show, but I forgot. So we're gonna give shout outs to our two new reviews. One from 2016 runner five star review says must listen. Loving the new material and friendly banter. You'll always agree with someone. They they typed Brandon wrong on there, but that's alright. I'll, I'll allow it.
1: Oh, oh uh, did they spell it someone? <laughs> yeah,
0: they spelled Brandon someone, which is weird. Uh, this is that's what close, Star guys, Wars is close. about. <laughs> um, and then uh, from Glitch FTW, which is a cool handle uh very thought provoking got the pleasure to meet brandon at Intergalacticon 2018 and i'm glad i did his podcast is very fun informative and definitely worth his to
1: podcast
0: yeah the so, heck? just saying
1: just because you record it and publish it and, and share it and edit it and come mm, whatever just
0: just saying it's it's a super saying I'm, kind of, I'm i'm kind of a big deal <laughs> what? You you keep letting me go. I'm gonna keep going.
1: That's probably a reason I should stop.
0: Yeah. So full stop here.
1: Batch eight. Hi ho.
0: Skywalker, I was expecting someone with your reputation to be a little... older.